So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is the start of our coverage of Halloween Horror Nights 21 from 2011. I am Matt, and joining me tonight is just one co-host, and I'll explain why very shortly, and that is my original co-host from the start of the show, Quint. Hello. Now, the reason we're just the two of us is a couple reasons. One, uh, Karen could not make it tonight. She's just returning from Germany. If you heard our... Oh, what was it? The uh, uh, Slaughter Cinema. Slaughter Cinema instant reaction. You heard, of course, that she was overseas. She's just arriving now. Shelby does not want to get in the history episodes until we hit the years that she started coming to. She just would rather enjoy listening to them, as I'm paraphrasing the conversation we just had the other day. And that leads into 21 is the very first year... Well, it's it's two things. I was going to say it's the very first year Quint and I went together, which means, of course, it's Quint's very first year of Halloween Horror Nights ever. Yes. First night, first uh, experience, first exposure. First time I actually knew it was even a thing, which I'm still blaming you that, that it was your <laughs> failure. As a I, have, I have notes on that. On my uh, okay. eminent failure, I have notes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so the, the year was 2011, Halloween Horror Nights 21. Um, location, Universal Studios. And I think we, as we've discussed in our past podcasts, I don't think we've, they have, they never go back to Islands of Adventure nope. up until current anyway. I exactly. Don't know. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I mean, obviously you've never experienced an Island of Adventure Halloween Horror Nights no, starting with I this. I have not. Um, they have a bunch of catchphrases. Yeah, this and, is a uh, bit of a mess on which one you want to really latch onto as the catchphrase, but I guess it really isn't the catchphrase this year. There's the set of them that you're about to read. Yeah, which is be careful what you wager because nobody beats the house, which is a mouthful. <laughs> True. Um, how, how much will you wager? Are you in? And your fate is in her hands. So lots of gambling metaphors, obviously, because, you know, of who Lady Luck really is. And um, I don't know. I just, it's kind of, like you said, it's kind of a mess. The funny thing about all that is actually that the, there's two real prominent T-shirts that still exist a lot today at the event. There, there may have been more, but there's two. One, the Lady Luck icon, which you have. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the Red Riding shirt, which it says the house always wins, which is none of these phrases. Right. It's the, the closest <laughs> is nobody beats the house. But, no, right. but so there's like a fifth one floating around in a sense. Right. Oh, God. Um, I think we're going to get into uh, we'll get into Lady Luck, but she was the icon. The dates were September 23rd, 24th, 29th and 30th, October 1st, 2nd, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 19th. 
20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st. Wow. They, uh, there was, there was a lot of dates really close together in there. And yeah. I think that's because Halloween was, was like the, uh, the end day. And, uh, they, they crammed in a full, almost a full week there twice. So, um, lots of, lots of tight days. Yeah. I'm actually looking up a calendar real quick. It was a Monday. So they kind of, yeah, extended their usual, uh, was the, Started on twenty sixth, yeah. The usual Wednesday to Sunday push for the end, and just threw Monday on there, which is always. Uh, I mean, whenever that's happened, they've they've done that, and it's always a great thing to fit in Halloween right after that big rush. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean, the, the event this year, obviously, the event this year is is a, a big hit, and they're rolling. I mean, they're rolling on all cylinders this year. We're like, we'll get into. Right. There, there was some misses, obviously, this year, we'll, which we'll also get into. But the hits were worth it. They had three different sets of hours this year uh, on brush nights. I'm assuming, or, or heavy nights. It was six thirty to two a.m. Mm-hmm. Some nights were six thirty to one a.m. And then all other nights were six thirty to twelve a.m. So there was a bunch of nights where they actually just didn't. Uh, they closed it at midnight, which is. Curious. I don't know that I've seen that one before, or maybe I'm just got a shitty memory. <laughs> the the three. I don't want to say it's super uncommon, but the three times for the modern era, we haven't seen three close times in a while. It's either been one or the other. Right. So that third one is is kind of we've kind of gotten used to not having that at this point. Yeah. One of the curious things to me is that um, one of the close the, the the two of the early close dates were the thirtieth and the thirty first. So. Uh, the actual Halloween event nights were were short nights. Yes, yeah, sun- well, Sunday. I mean, the day of the week makes sense. Sunday, Monday. Actually, Sunday, Monday. yeah. Without without getting too much into the outside of um, talking about, we haven't even gotten to the event yet. But I'm going to say that ha- that Halloween used to be one of the slowest nights. That's when the people that go multiple nights. W- that's that was mainly the people that would be there. I mean, I'm generalizing. But the majority of the people were repeat visitors getting in their last night on Halloween night. That has changed over the past couple of years. That is no longer the case whatsoever. But before then, maybe it started turning, uh, changing around this year. I didn't really note when I noticed there was a ton more people. But historically, up to this point, you could go Halloween night, fit everything in without an express pass, say goodbye to everybody, and have a pretty, mm-hmm. you know, pretty at your pace night. Not so nice. much anymore. Yeah, no, those nights don't happen that much anymore. <laughs> right at, at all. Yeah. I assume some of the Wednesday, Thursday nights these days are still pretty, can be pretty light on a hit or miss time too. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All depends on what, yeah, what events are going on, promotional events. That's been a big thing too. But that, again, that is not this year. So don't mean to keep derailing us, but that <laughs> happens. So ticketing was interesting this year. Um, they started, th- I think this looks like the first year they really started to split out a lot of their ticketing. Uh, in the past, we've always just talked about price per night and, you know, maybe the, the, uh, express access, but this is like single night admission on our, on a, I guess their regular nights are, was $82, which is, well, eighty one ninety nine, which is expensive, actually. The Rush of Fear, which is uh, any of the nights for the first three weekends, were only sixty nine ninety nine, which is still expensive, because I think this year's tickets were in the 60, 63 bucks or something. Yeah, right now, the pre-purchase ticket before, uh, I guess, I don't know when the date cutoff is, single night tickets are $63. 
when right. whatever cutoff that is i'm gonna i don't know if it's the night of or before it oh, actually it says gate price i see it now there's a lot there's a strike through through it right now it's going to be 115 well 114.99 that's, okay, that that makes sense. Right? Yeah, that's so, that's so right right now this year you can get a screaming deal if you know which days you're going early. So true, yeah. Um, you know that's something that's probably something to call out. Um, call out early in our podcasting here because yeah, if you know the days you're going, buy now. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so in the middle of that, with they this is the first year we've also uh, my. The, the stuff that I've seen is mentioning the uh, rush of fear with express access all nights for the first three weekends was 170 uh, frequent fear pass was uh, 81.99. I don't know what the frequent is that a frequent fear. That's for all of the non rush nights, right? Frequent fear, I believe is, uh, was it like Wednesdays, Thursdays and Sundays, but not Friday and Saturday? I think because I think yeah, the frequent fear plus but- includes Friday and then the ultimate includes Saturday. The ultimate didn't exist then, but now I'm comparing it to what I know now because I haven't started no, buying can, those I until see, 25. Uh, yeah, I can see the the um, the information now, and it was basically Sunday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday was the um, frequent fear. Okay. Uh, or, or sorry, the the uh, rush of fear with ex- rush of fear pass. Well, r- rush of rush of fear usually would give the uh, like the first opening weeks and then the like the last closing weekend and then the the peak period. Those hell weeks in October were not rush of fear. Frequent fear oh, were, yeah. were days of the week for the entire year. Then frequent fear plus was plus Friday. Yeah, that's pretty much what this is too. Probably was. Yeah, I don't think that's changed a lot. Again, that's a detail I wasn't paying attention to until twenty five when I was mapping out what I was going to buy, but. It, I, yeah. I, I don't think it's. It, I think that's was. It's kind of uh, it's structure from the get go. Yeah, I think the, the the kicker here for me is that the most expensive, which is the frequent fear plus pass with express access, is two hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> I wish. I yeah, wish it's two hundred twenty. It's six hundred and something now. Isn't well, it's it? four. It's that one is four twenty. The plus that's the Friday. Hmm. It's six hundred for the for the ultimate for every night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So even yeah, even not being ultimate, it's still almost twice. Well, what is it now? Seven years later, less than ten years later. Seven years later. Yeah. That's it. Seven years later. Nope. So yeah, there there's there was a lot of different pricing this year, um, and maybe I just haven't been paying attention previous years. But this is the first year that I've really seen all of these these prices up in front of me. Um, this is the first year but- we've gone through the prices where I'm not like. Apart from that frequent fear one where I'm not like too blown away of how inexpensive things were back in the day because now we're starting now I'm starting to see that the pattern and actually can, you know, see how inflation is inflation and popularity is affecting it. So this is kind of the start of where it's like, yep, okay, now I know the pricing this is the pricing tier I I know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, of course, events get popular. Uh, time goes on, everything gets more expensive, I get older and more curmudgeon-y. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, eh. so you want to run through what was going on this year uh the forsaken which was the the uh let me just read the the blurb which was within an abandoned spanish fort the mutinous undead crew of columbus missing fourth ship has returned with a vengeance the in-between which was an ominous portal reveals a third dimension where fiendish creatures collide with our world in a phantasm of terror and that was the 3D maze for the year. Yes. Uh, Nevermore, Madness of Poe, which step into the mind of author Edgar Allan Poe, where every turn of the page takes you closer to insanity. 
saws and steam into the machine. Uh, <laughs> you say that with such blades. reverence in your voice. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Yep. Um, spinning blades and crushing pistons threaten your every step as you're forced deep, deeper into the bowels of a mechanical nightmare. HR Blood and Guts presents Holidays of Horror, which uh, join creature feature host HR Blood and Guts in his final televised broadcast as he presents a scarathon of holiday-based horror. Um, Nightingale's Blood Prey. Patrolling World War I-era trenches, you discover you're more than just at war. You're being hunted by savage, shape-shifting banshees. The Thing. Um, inspired by the new thriller, paranoia spreads among a group of Antarctic researchers as they encounter a creature that has the ability to turn itself into an exact replica of any living being. Winter's Night, The Haunting of Hawthorne Cemetery. As snow falls on this serene gothic cemetery, spirits of the deceased rise from their graves, their ghostly sights firmly set upon you. So that is the run of houses. Mm -hmm. That is uh, C8 this year. I, I'm not going to talk any more about them. You can if you want to, but if I start talking about them, I won't stop. And that's no, for and another that's, day. that's exactly why they're going to be in their own episode because there's a lot to talk about, not only from describing and explaining them, but just you know, your perspective from the a first time visitor and, and considering what you started with. Yeah, yeah, we'll save that yeah. conversation. Okay, um, scare zones. Your luck has run out. Seven acid assault night maze. Grown Evil, Canyon of Dark Souls. And we'll get into those in depth today. In this episode, uh, yes. In this episode, yes. Uh, Bill and Ted's, uh, the live shows were Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure again. And Death Drums, mm-hmm. which was an, which is an interesting conversation as well. <laughs> yeah. We'll be talking about this tonight, too. So, yes, to just quick set the stage for this episode, we're going to split this coverage into three episodes tonight. We're going to talk about Scare Zones and the live shows and Quint's first trip there next episode. We're going to do the houses and then we're going to wrap up with lady luck because putting my notes together, it seemed like knowing what the houses were tell helps. I wouldn't say understand her story, but helps tell her story better, which also might be, and we'll talk about this when we get to the episode might be the problem. Why she's not as revered as an icon as the icons before her. Because of the weird way she's not weird way, but the, the the way she's tied in, there's a lot you need to know about her outside of what's happening at the event. But we'll get into that in that episode. Yep. Yeah. It's uh. There, there, that's. I, I'm glad you actually split that into a third episode because that that's definitely a uh, uh, something we need to we need to get into and we need to talk about and it's it's probably worth its own episode if we interspersed it between everything we're doing today and uh, or tonight for this podcast and for the next maze podcast it would it would just be too long yeah and that'd be a good one to have at least karen on too to have another someone who hasn't experienced and if shelby wants to join in for that too of course as as well Mm -hmm. we'll have three different perspectives someone that that knew the the backstory and the show someone that just went to the event and then someone doesn't know anything about it and see if we actually think she's an icon because that is like the million dollar question we won't get a million dollars for a right or wrong answer but we'll still do the episode (laughs) (laughs) um uh, one of the interesting things with the uh, um, pamphlets this year is that there was a there was actually a official app this year, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. I didn't know about it when I was there, 
but for both Android and iPhone, they had an app that I think was mostly just a, a, a checklist of what you needed to do and where you needed to go and a map and that kind of stuff. Because based on what I'm seeing, it doesn't. I did. Did you use, use the smartphone GPS to to tell you where you were and what you were looking for? But that's about it. Right. Yeah. But but it's pretty cool. It's it's like we're we're starting to get into the the social media years of the event. Just scratching the surface here, but it's coming. Yep, exactly. Yep. So why don't we start with since I mean the the uh, one of the reasons we're you and I are just doing this episode is because it was your first Halloween Horror Nights. I was the one there with you, and we decided to start with scare zones. Your without getting too far ahead in the story, your first exposure to Halloween Horror Nights is scare zones. So I thought you know instead of yes. waiting another week, and we we already announced we were going to do this, it might actually be better if just the two of us start, or at least it's it makes sense to start. So, but let's start with the very very beginning of this because I really would like to hear what you thought. And we we've talked about this on the show, but it's been four years since we had that one episode. Right. Usually you would come down to visit in December and I'd go out to California sometime mid year. And it was usually because the third person that would come along, our friend, Dave his my birthday, his birthday's in December. We'd celebrate all our birthday or our two birthdays together. For whatever reason, he couldn't make it that year. I don't know what. So you decided to come, I believe, over your wife's birthday, which is in October. Yes. Um, also, we we decided to come early because Ulrich and I both really needed to get out of out of Dodge for a bit. We needed a vacation, and it was just like we already knew that December wasn't going to happen. So going to visit our great great friends Matt and Christy sounded like a good idea for her birthday. Yeah. Which happens to fall at the end of October. <laughs> so we knew we absolutely we always knew we were going to go to Universal. That's just a given whenever whenever you visit. We love going to the park, but we also knew there was at the time. Without saying what she did, my wife was involved with working at CityWalk, and she right. wanted to take Ulrika there and show her some of the things she'd been working on and spend the evening there. Not that going to club the club didn't appeal to us, but it also happened to be during this event that I just casually mentioned to you called Halloween Horror Nights and said, oh, right. it's and I, I, I think I totally undersold it because I was afraid if I oversold it and you went and you didn't like it, it would be that would be on me. So I kind of just said, well, it's, you know, they turned Universal Studios. Oh, you way into undersold it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, you totally okay. undersold it. Yeah, it was, like, it was, yeah you know, it's, my, it's like they've got some, they've got some haunted houses, and yeah, they've got that's you know, kind like, of what I remember. Change the park over a little bit, and there's like decorations and stuff, and and you know, it's 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 just a Halloween thing. And I'm like, he's like, do you like Halloween? I'm like, yeah, I fucking love Halloween. I I happily go. And I'm uh, my expectation at the time was like, oh, okay, you know, we're gonna go, we're gonna get like, okay, like you know, your your local Halloween maze ramped up a little bit because they got some extra money and you know like there'll be decorations on the, the light posts and shit and whatever right like uh, i was expecting more like what mardi gras turns out to be without the parade okay i could see by what i told you that would be about all you'd expect yeah i could see that you know i was expecting a good time yeah i was expecting a good party but i was not <laughs> expecting what i got yeah so i remember those two we split off because they wanted to wait till the actual party night started they wanted to see a movie we went and ate dinner because we were going in casually late this is a time in halloween hard nights we could go in a little late after you didn't have to go stay and scream and to make sure you got in everything you could still get in right. everything at least theoretically you could because we found yeah. out it was going to be difficult that night. 
We did actually. Um, we we went in and and it was immediately pretty clear that there were several busloads of. of <laughs> School kids of some sort, like uh, several busloads, several kids. dozen busloads of kids, more dozen than buses, that. Yeah. It was insane. Well, yeah, they'd had a special that night for for uh, schools in the area. Yeah, well, we we should have with the time that we spent eating, we should have walked right through security. Like every other night that year, that was the time frame we were working with. We got there and it was that courtyard. This is before the security show in the where the parking lot entrances merge. This is when you got scanned and, and had to go through the metal detectors at the arches, that whole yeah. courtyard, courtyard in front of that was packed. I was like, what the hell? And right about when we realized we were surrounded by about, Oh, approximately 2 trillion kids, 18 years and under. <laughs> that's when my phone rings. And my wife says, Oh, you know, just found out it's blah, blah, blah. High school night. And we're like, Oh, okay. Well, all right. We're still going. And Fuck. we had a lot of time, a lot of time to think about what we're going to do next. By the time we got through security, well, we did. But at the same time, when we got through security, we really only had one thing on our mind, and that's like get a fucking drink, <laughs> right? Do you remember the dude who was giving uh, us the drink? Yeah, because it says in my notes, first stand <laughs> to the guy with the glasses. <laughs> oh, please tell the story. All right, this is like uh, I don't want to make fun of the guy, but I mean his his. And I'm not making fun of him. I'm going to tell you what happened. This was a guy, probably about at the time, 10, 15 years older than us, very an older gentleman. Yeah. He wore glasses and we'd walk up and well, actually it wasn't us, but the person ordering, it didn't matter who, if he, if he had to get it out of the cooler. This is the one that stands. Everyone knows what this is. This is one of the stands that only had beer and it was, it was canned beer, canned beer, canned yep. sodas, water, and well, Gatorade or Powerade, I guess, is what they sell there. So we're like, okay, that's probably this because we went to the first bar or we walked past the first bar that had the drinks, the taps, and everything. We're like, fuck that. That's way too many people. So we went across the street. Let's just get a beer, calm the hell down, figure out what we're going to do. Well, the guy with the glasses, he is, you walk up to him and you say, I would like a Sam Adams. And he would take off his glasses, fold them neatly, set them down. Open the cooler, pull out what he thought was a Sam Adams as he unfolded his glasses, put them on, check that it was. I hope to God it was each time because when it wasn't, we had to go through this again. Set the beer down, tell you $12 or whatever it cost the time. It's probably like more like $9 at the time. $9. Took gla- What's that? Took off his glasses. He yes. took well, off his glasses. Well, he would set down the beer, tell you how much the price <laughs> was, and then you'd hand give him, him some- a bill. A $10 bill to which he'd unfold his glasses, put it on, see what the bill was, make change. Thank God he didn't take his glasses off between making change. Give you the dollar, take his glasses off, serve the next person. Yeah. <laughs> and if you had a debit card or credit card, oh, Christ. Uh- it was like we we went there because there was only two people in front of us. Yeah. By the time we got our beer, we could have went to the big bar. Lineup, <laughs> that long lineup at the big bar had already recycled. <laughs> yeah, like right. I don't know. It was just it was it was very comical, and it was a it was a great comedic start to our night. I thought. And then we get our beers, and I look at you and go, "Well, that didn't help me at all. My nerves are still <laughs> shut." <laughs> that's when we decided that's when because we had enough time we had way more time than we needed to look around and see that it just was getting it i didn't expect it to get better but it was getting way worse than i thought it was going to get crowd wise and okay. that's when we backtracked 
in that part. You backtracked. We backtracked. You were like, oh, let's go back. And yep. I'm like, boy. Uh, trust and, me. And, yeah. You made the the uh, amazing executive decision to get express passes. And we went to the stand that everybody knows. I don't know that everyone ever stops there, but everyone's seen it. You can't not see it. When you walk into the park, it's a teal stand with a street umbrella with the big yellow Express Pass logo on it. And we went right up there, two please. Yep. <laughs> and we got our Express Passes because I was like, otherwise, we're not doing, we're going to do stuff, but we're not, I'm not going to get to show you at all what I wanted to show you. You know, I was like, and, we can't yeah. not, I don't know how, what else to do. And that's what we did. And that was, that was my very first Express Pass as well. And that was the first. That started the long time tradition of you getting me the first ticket and express pass to Halloween Horror Nights every year. <laughs> that's what I said. I said Merry Christmas at the time I got yes, it. You did. I said you just and, got your uh, Christmas early. Yep. And another side story to that: there's a little stand with lanyards on there. I go, do we get lanyards of those passes? And he's like, no, that's eight dollars. And I'm like, well, I have no obsessive interest with lanyards, fine sir. Thank you very much, but no. <laughs> Why have things have changed since 2011? <laughs> yeah, we didn't get lanyards. Nope. Um, <laughs> Not I, that year. By the end of the night, I might have been able to use one because <laughs> I know. Right? I, I noticed my pass was getting really flimsy and and sweated through and scanning sweated it through and holding it with a drink that's sweating because there's 200 degree <laughs> humidity even in October and in, in, um Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Those things get wrecked quick. Yeah, we we actually learned the value of lanyards that year, although we didn't get them, but we we got through the right. night. We did. And speaking of the night, um, it's at that point we're like, okay, we have a drink in our hands. We have our fast pass now. So now Matt's like, uh, and I didn't realize why, but now Matt's like, okay, we can take it easy. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. Cause still had not seen any of why this was important for a fast pass and what he was so, you know, getting all anxiety up about and all this stuff. I was just kind of like, I'm in for the ride, and I had a beer, so I didn't give a shit at this point. <laughs> now, and here's where this is an interesting year for you to start among many, many reasons for this to be an interesting year for anyone to go for the first time. This year, they did not have a scare zone in that area where you first work it, walk in, which is now the area between Shrek and Minions, yeah. or Minion Mayhem, uh, because I think because... And I looked up the dates. I, the Jimmy Neutron had closed that August, and it hadn't. It was being converted to Minion Mayhem. So I'd imagine there was probably some construction walls around that. So you uh, no, normally at this point we would have walked straight. Well, you always would walk straight ahead, but you would have gotten your first scare zone. So at this point, you're only seeing maybe. May, I don't even know if you're seeing characters yet, but you're hearing the noises. You're probably hearing chainsaws in the background. You're hearing the music. You're seeing the lighting, but you don't see anything. Halloween no, Horror Nights. No, no, there was nothing. Until, there was not even a character, right? right? Okay, yeah. So you're, it's just music and lights at this point mainly for you. Right. And I'm thinking like, and this is why I was thinking like, okay, guess what? Matt's pretty much sold this event pretty good. Like there's a lot of bars open. There's a lot of people having a good time. It, the lights are pretty cool. Everything's darkish. It's kind of, you know, this is, this is what I was expecting from what Matt had sold me. And then... Uh -oh. We get to the and first we walk. <laughs> we walk straight into yep. uh, acid assault. Yeah. Of all things and, to walk into like, right. I mean, talk about so many hitting so many points that are right up your alley. You got the digital aspect of it along with the dystopian aspect of it. I mean, it's like there was really 
no other perfect way to just take this long walk. And you were, it was almost like, you know, coming up from the depths of the ocean. You were like reverse compressing yourself to get into Halloween Horror Nights. You weren't hit with it on all sides down that first street like people are now. You no, got the music, no. you got the, the atmosphere, and then bam, acid assault. And the thing was, is like, we're kind of fighting crowds at this point where Matt and I are trying to talk and converse and blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of like, it was, it was like the parting of the seas for me almost <laughs> when, when I hit, um, acid assault. And it was just like, oh, it's a freaking burning car on fire. That's like upside down or something. There's like people running around the, the, the rev of the chainsaws is now deafening. And it was just, and I mean, I love like the, the post-apocalyptic dystopian stuff. So this was just like, it was just basically taking Halloween and, and some of the, my favorite literature, mashing them up and throwing me, immersing me into it. And it was like, welcome to Halloween. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I remember um, your the one thing I remember you saying, because it's so different compared to people going, uh, well, you would say it now, actually it's so different than your reaction. Now you said there's a bus. Whereas now you would say there's the bus. Cause you'd be looking for right. it, but this is the first time you see it. And you're like, there's a bus in here. There's a bus in the park. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just like, I had no idea what I did sign myself up for. And this was just like an immediate, here you go. This is, this is what your night's going to be like. And I, I couldn't have been happier. Yeah. I was just, it was ecstatic. I'm like, I, I think one of the, the first things that I asked you before I even ever stepped foot into a maze was like, how have you never told me about this before? Like, how do I not know about this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We did have that discussion. It's just one of those, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I don't think the topic Halloween even ever came up and to probably like, a real small extent, maybe horror movies. And it was probably horror movies that were like out and it's, did you see this? And that's it. So it's right, like, we right. it just happened to, you happened to come in October and it gave me the opportunity to go, Oh, Hey, you might like this. And There's little did I know. <laughs> yeah. There's this thing that I do and you might like doing this. And it's like, what? I, what, but this is awesome. <laughs> Uh, and that's why this year will forever have a special place in my heart. This was this was an amazing year. And walking straight into Acid Assault is like, I can't think of a better way to introduce somebody to Halloween Horror Nights. At least somebody with my my psyche and my love of different, you know, genres. This was like the perfect mashup to introduce me to Halloween Horror Nights. It was yep. just like... Here's everything you love all packed into one. Oh, by the way, it's live action. And, uh, and there's a guy later that we'll talk about. I think that, um, just will make it completely special for you. <laughs> right. Well, I think you know who I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. I probably have it in my notes. Yeah. So <laughs> if we're already in the story, walking through the scare zones, do you want to start with acid assault and kind of retrace our steps? Because Absolutely. I think I know what it is and it's actually a decent order for this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so acid assault, um, the, the tagline they had or the, what the write up they had was degrading from the effects of acid rain. Those that have survived the blistering decay are not or are all alone in this city. And it was a dystopian acid rain city. The buildings were falling. They had uh, they had this, this great light show uh, projection onto all of the tall buildings in that. Um, uh, what's the area called? New York area. Yeah, the New York area. So, and, and these projections would actually make it look like all of these buildings were crumbling and falling, and and they were on this fairly long cycle too. So, you know, it was it was 
it's just really, really cool. It's the first time I'd ever seen any kind of projection on a building like that before. Uh, they've used it again, and, and I, I've always thought the effect that, that that it creates when they use it is just, um, it's subtle enough to just be really kind of immersive. And uh, it, I love it. This is, the 3D projections were freaking, like, amazing. I didn't know, I mean, I knew what projections were, or the, yeah, the 3D mapping projections. That's actually, I think, I believe the correct term. I mean, I know what projections are, and I I know you can project videos, but, and and the description was out there. People had talked about it. It was in the news, and I was expecting a version of what I saw, but this was, like, well beyond, probably because I didn't have exposure to, you know, these super lamp projectors. I'm used to, even what I think is a big projector at this, the convention shows we do are still nothing compared to what these theme parks are using. So I wasn't expecting right. it, it was what I was more impressed with was uh, the crumbling of the building was awesome. What I was more impressed with was the fact that they actually were able to darken the areas as it crumbled. So for a second, until your eyes adjusted to everything going on, it did look like the building was disappearing. But then once everything was done, your eyes adjusted to the amount of light that's in that space. You saw the building behind it, which was, it was projected on, but the, as weird as it sounds, it was the non-projection part where things weren't happening that was more impressive than the actual projection to me at, at the first time I saw it. Yeah, the, the timing was amazing. Everything in that zone was was amazing. Um, the Chainsaw Drill team was in that zone. Were they? I think. Uh, some of the Chainsaw Drill team was in that zone, yes. Because that's... I, I think they were still roving this year. But um, I do remember that that was the zone where I got almost run over by the wheelchair guy. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they are, because you know what? I did not note if they were in a specific zone. So, wow. Okay, it's been a yeah. while since we've done these, and I forgot to note. So, maybe they were it's, scattered I, if all over. not, they were at least they were ro- rolling through, because it was in that zone, coming through that zone. Because like, I had to go back and see that zone like a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, yeah. He's coming through that zone one of the times, and um, there's this they have this amazing character, and he's there almost every year that I've been there. He's been there, um, and you know he's he's in a wheelchair, and he's part of the chainsaw drill team, and he is probably the fastest chainsaw drill team member around. That guy is insane, and uh, I just remember turning around and facing one direction, and he is just barreling down at me with his chainsaw yes. revving and going, and so I'm just like. <laughs> Holy crap! I I swore the guy was gonna take me out. I I I and scared the living shit out of me. They, it was awesome. That character is responsible for more spilled beers than anything at Halloween Horror Nights oh, because bet. people because he because he he came at you and stopped on a dime, which he's done to a, oh, yeah. a million people, but. Uh, I felt completely safe after he was done. I was going to say the 750,000 people of that million usually jump out of the way because they don't know he can stop on a dime. And there's one beer spill. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, he's, he, like, like I said, after he was done, I felt completely safe because there was no chance of him actually hitting me. Except (laughs) till he stopped on a dime. I was like, I'm going, I'm eating dirt here. (laughs) Here my knees. uh, Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, he's such an amazing character. He is. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen him many, many times since then. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been there every year that I've been going. I think if, if he hasn't been, it's been very few, very few years that he hasn't been there. Right. Um, and I appreciate it every time I see him. Cause, cause of that, that first night that I went and the, that awesome scare. Yeah. And a lot, actually we've been talking since we're on the characters, we've been talking about the 3d maps a lot, which were amazing. And it's like, it's this mm-hmm. decrepit buildings. 
with you actually get the idea that there's the the rain is happening in there even though they're not spraying rain on it and the buildings crumble like every 20 minutes probably not even that probably like every seven minutes um, when you're waiting for it it seems like forever but so every few minutes yeah. the buildings crumble but the acid rain motif falls into the characters as well and mm-hmm. much like the uh when they have a scare zone in new york it's actually it what i'm thinking of right now is survivor die because survivor died did these projections again as well and survivor die had like two groups of people there was it was a war though but in this case it was two types of people that were surviving this there was the people who got hit directly with the rain while outside and they had this amazing melted bubbling flesh makeup like bleeding oozing disgusting oh yeah acid acid wash that's not the right word that's like jeans but you know what i'm saying like sprayed by acid freshly sprayed by acid victim victims then you had the other group of people that were kind of underground when this all happened and they had the makeshift anything you could grab to protect yourself costumes which were just as creative like a lot of burlap some cracked you know goggles it was a very very effective dystopian dangerous look to this entire scare zone with this characters along with what was going on on those buildings. Yeah. You did not want them to get close or touch you. Because, <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I mean, if they touched you, they would probably leave bits or at least liquid on you. It was like, it looked it's like, like, like a, it's like a, like almost a dozen people that look like that guy from RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and uh, every once in a while, I kind of expected one of them just to kind of like go sploosh and, and create a puddle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Have that uh, car, have uh, that bus move, hit him and just splat. Exactly. Um, it, yeah, it was it was it was magical. Let's just say that. I mean, <laughs> you know. There's I mean, a- if you if you ever see those those videos of like a kid's first time at Disneyland, that would have probably been my fair, my face when I walked into Acid Assault. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That was um we actually did a show, uh, an episode of one of our shows called Best of Fives, where you and I did on location our five favorite things at Universal Studios Orlando Resort. Mm-hmm. We did both parks. And your one of your high numbers, it was either three or above. You went right to that corner and described your first time seeing a scare zone at Halloween Horror Nights, right then and there. Yeah, that was that was my number two. Actually, okay, nice, uh, nice of the best of fives. And and it's like there's nothing actually else in that corner ex- unless you want to count uh, um, the Revenge of the Mummy when we were there. But we were even past Revenge of yeah, the Mummy. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Nothing, well, I think Fallon's in that corner now. It's a little further. I mean, it, it, you would have seen Acid Assault from Fallon, so you could call yeah. it that, but it wasn't in. I mean, they but were, it was just like, no, it was there. Just, Actually, Fallon wasn't even there at the time. It was, what the hell was before yeah. Fallon? Uh, Twister, right? No. Yeah, no. Twister. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, Twister. Yeah, yeah, because Twister? Disaster and Beetlejuice is Fast and Furious. So it was Twister at the time. And so, like, you know, I just, we just went to that corner, and Matt's like, okay, what the fuck are we doing here for recording? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, okay, so this, I know this isn't a Horror Nights podcast, but this is, like, the place that made me fall in love with Halloween Horror Nights, because Acid Assault was just, like, it was, I I mentioned it already, it's like, everything that they could have put their hooks into me and dragged me into something were right there. Yep. That's true. Can't say enough about that scare zone, it was fun. It had tech in it, it had uh, dystopia in it, it had the Halloween in it, it had the chainsaws, it had the characters, (laughs) it had, like, it just, yeah, it's like... To this day, I think when I think Halloween Horror Nights, the first image that comes up is the burning car and and that that zone. Yeah, 
It, it, there's the burning car and the bus to kind of give it a abandoned city feel. It's, it was a great scare zone. And I, I, I think if there was any complaints, people either either you were enchanted or completely unenchanted with those three, 3D projections because of the digital aspect of it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And, and I get that, um, you know, as I've been going for more and more years, there's things that I've, I look at and go, you know, the first time I came here, I probably wouldn't have been critical of that at all. And, mm-hmm. and of things that I might be a little bit critical about, like, it's like, you know, if I really think about it, it's like, you know, that first year I came, I, that would not have bothered me at all. Like, I just would not have given a two shits about that at all. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so, so I, I try every once in a while to kind of step back into that first timer mode and go, okay, would this, would this bother me if this is the first time I ever came to Halloween Horror Nights? Cause that's, that's part of the experience sometimes for a lot of people. And you, you have to give them some credit with that too. Right. It's like, you know, if you're a veteran guy that's gone 20 years, 10 years for even me, seven years now, it, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things where you, it can start to jade you and it can start to your expectations of certain things grow way too high. And, you know, it's like, well, they could have done so much blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, no, actually, this is, this is pretty damn good for a lot of the stuff. <laughs> right. Yep. So out of acid assault, I mean, we had to have taken a right. There's nowhere else to go because I'm actually looking at the house we went to. So we we had quite a bit of walk to do till we get to that first yeah. house. So we, we swung by your luck has run out the lady we luck did. zone and if you hadn't have turned me i would have missed it that is exactly oh my first thought of that is like how many times did i forget that was there yeah um i the scare zone itself i actually really enjoyed yes uh I, I thought it was really, really cool it was a good use of that dark alley yep and the, the spotlights and stuff worked perfectly in that dark alley it was just like there was nothing to draw you into it. Nope. There was, uh, if you didn't have a map, it, you would have just walked straight by it and never seen it. This is that for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about. This is that alleyway. It's the alley with all the fire escapes and the brick work and everything yep. in the New York area that really, even during the middle of the day at the park feels like you're trespassing. Cause that's just right. how this thing is set it up. It feels like, it feels like you're not supposed to go back. Exactly. It yes. Really does. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, like, they, they uh, end up this is, this end is an employee up, zone, right? What's that? I said, this feels like an it, employee only area. It does feel like that because, and it really does these days because so few people do walk through there that they actually put fences there. The fences they set up for the parades and whatnot, they'll, they'll store them mm-hmm. back there. Like right after they take them off the street, they'll let the crowds flow again. So if you walk by them while there's the, that fencing there, it really feels like a place you're not supposed to be. But it is part of the park, which is why yeah. I think a lot of people miss this scare zone. Or I wouldn't say a lot of people did. Well, I constantly forgot about this scare zone is a better way to say it because I did. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate because um, they made really excellent use of, of the area. But it was A, it was small. B, it was easily, easily overlooked. And See, it was the only representation that Lady Luck really had, obviously, in the entire event. Yes. You take her icon and you build her up on the marketing and you build her up with the the initial event that they had. And then you stick her in a corner somewhere and basically uh, nobody goes there. And that was just that was part of the unfortunate thing that we're going to be talking about in our third episode for this event. And as far as story goes, I mean, we just spent... I don't know how long, 20 minutes exp- talking about the 
the story of acid assault or what we perceived as a story. This was the face lady luck, the temptress, the gorgeous one up on the fire escape and the demon ones on the ground. And that there's nothing more than that. I mean, there's some cool lighting, maybe some fog, but it's like, it was just the two forms of lady luck. We're I don't know. I was, was going to say they were stuck back in the scare zone. I mean, I, I almost corrected myself, but I think that's an accurate statement. It is. It is. And I, and I think, you know, let's, let's leave it there and we can talk about Cause if we start talking more about it, we're, we're going to overrun what we're going to talk about in our third episode. Exactly. So let's just yes. leave, yeah. So it's not, yeah. Leave, uh, that scare zone yeah. there. Oh, absolutely worth a walkthrough. Um, hundred percent worth a walkthrough, but, uh, but to say something just, positive about it, there was one fun aspect is the fact that the temptress lady luck was up on the, up on that fire escape in the spotlight so that if you timed it poorly from your uh, visitor's perspective and you were just looking up at her and walked in and you actually gave the demon lady lux enough time to hide they could get a good scare out of you so there was that aspect of that scare zone yeah and and i think uh, we hung out in that scare zone for a little bit and we watched that that cycle go because it was a it was a perfect ex- place for you to explain it to i don't know if you remember this but that's where you explained to me how the the characters do their cycles and how one of them will play oh, okay, out yeah. the other and all that stuff because you were like oh wait i bet you if we wait here for three minutes we can see this happen and it works really really well right. it, it it was good okay. I, I i had a good time in the scare zone it was just tiny <laughs> and unfortunately hard to find yes hard to find that's the thing yep like there was no greeter. If they would have had a greeter at both ends, like uh, maybe a temptress lady luck or a half and half lady luck um, trying to bring you in or, you know, selling you just as something is something this way is going on. Yeah. Right? What they might have worked out better. What they've either I was going to say what they've either learned from that or what they've done in the past. It might be a little bit of both is that they have. Uh, like a scaffolding there that's it must be close to the area and quick to set up and you can set up someone up there that can either speak through a megaphone or lip sync to a pre-recorded track that yep. would they could have done that with a temptress lady luck but they didn't so i mean we could have could have would have should have so we can do it to death but that's not what happened nope yep. so moving on <laughs> we, we had a long walk across the lagoon because there is nothing after that in fact there's no. nothing there's literally this is an odd one when you get to that back end of the park, which is it's a, the the very back end where the Fear Factor stage is, where Men in Black is, there's nothing. That's not unusual. But going through San Francisco, which has now become one of the highlight scare zones in the yeah. past few years, is not a scare zone this year. And I don't really recall anything, unless this is the year of the disaster makeover, but that was all internal. Everything outside was the same, so I don't think that was it either. So I think there just there happened was, not to be one that year. Yeah, there was a bit of food and drink on the sides, and then, uh, yeah, that was that was really about it. And I think the, the biggest reason was that um, Jaws was still open. Um, was it real? Oh, God, jeez. Yeah, yeah, okay. So so Jaws was still open, so there was they were um, funneling people through that queue. Uh, Saws and Steam was right beside that. And then you also had um, the Bill and Ted show, and we had the, pardon me, uh, the, the Men in Black that was open, and that fed you into the, uh, another maze, which was the Poe maze. So that side of the park had a lot of the... And also Simpsons ride was open. So that side of the park had two entrances to mazes, but also had a lot of the non Halloween horror nights attractions going on that year. And so it it was, yeah, it was kind of a, an odd 
jarring thing to go from like it was still all decorated and dark and stuff but it was still like you know you go from all of this acid assault and you go lady luck you go these scare zones and you're all pumped up and then you take a good walk and you're like (sighs) and then nothing for a while yeah which in your case you know that was a lot to take in in that corner so it might have been again might have been a pretty good timed thing at the time oh no in my case it actually turned out to work perfectly (laughs) because it was like oh okay so so that was Halloween Horror Nights, or that's a big chunk of Halloween Horror Nights. We got some mazes and stuff to go to because I still didn't understand what the mazes were. We hadn't I even thinking, gotten to the mazes yet until we take no, this. No, I was walk. thinking like I was still thinking like you know cheesy Halloween houses that that people do in your local neighborhoods and stuff, ramped up a little bit, right? Like that's what I was thinking. Um, and then well, I guess we're gonna leave that tidbit for next episode, yeah, right? When we get to the houses, yep. Yeah. So. We we actually went and did did we do Bill and Ted at this point? We may have just to since we were in the area. I mean, yeah, I remember. I, us, I remember us now at this point because it took us an hour longer to get in than we anticipated. We had our express yeah. passes, so we weren't too worried about getting to the houses. We're like, oh, here's Bill and Ted. It starts in like whatever time. We'll say if I saw it start within twenty minutes, I probably said let's stop. So we probably went to Bill and Ted at this point. Yeah, and we'll talk about Bill and Ted when yep. we get there. So I'm not going to say anything about that. So we got um, out. Which meant that we, we came through uh, the um, um, Central Park area from the reverse side that I normally do it now, which which meant we went through Canyon of Dark Souls. Well, first. we went through yeah, we went through Canyon of Dark Souls, which is interestingly in front of the Simpsons ride. It's that courtyard where all the Simpsons flags are now. It was yep. pre Springfield, so Moe's and Duff Garden wasn't there. They've done a couple of years before, and and they've I think they've stopped doing this because um, they want a way for people to be able to have a safe way to walk around the park without ever having to go into a scare zone. At least that's kind of the the assumption that i've been making as to where they're placing some of the scare zones now on the on the map scare zone number uh, four which is night maze uh and scare zone number two which is seven uh, is seven those two scare zones basically cut off half of the park from you if you're trying to to get to the deeper end of the park or if you're trying to get to simpsons or whatever you can do it if you go all the way around and Mm -hmm. do whatever but but it really cuts off. If you don't want to go through a scare zone, you're kind of SOL there. With five and six, uh, the scare zones five and six, which was Grown Evil and the one we're talking about right now, which is Canyon of Dark Souls, this pigeon holes in a food area as well <laughs> as two mazes. So if you don't want to go through a scare zone, you can't get there. True. Like you straight up cannot get to that place if you don't go through a scare zone. And you can't get to two houses, actually. Now I'm looking at it as well. Right. Now... If you're going into a Halloween Horror Nights maze, you're probably okay going through a scare yeah, zone. Yeah, that's true. Like, Good point. <laughs> doing there. But if you're just someone who is uh, chaperoning and you really don't like this event and you don't want to be there, but you're taking uh, you know, somebody who does and you're the chaperone that day and they're going to go into the maze and they're going to meet you outside of the exit of the maze, you have no choice. Right. Right. So I think that's one of the reasons they've shifted some of their scare zones. Cause I noticed in the later year maps that, that it's very, it seems to be a conscious choice to allow people to walk clearly around without actually having to go into a scare zone. If you don't want to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think there's a, there is that, uh, option now it's not easy. It's not a straight shot, but I think nope. you're right. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, to me, being my first time around, uh, Canyon of Dark Souls and Grown Evil 
uh, blended together. I didn't actually realize that they were a separate scare zone until probably uh, a year later, even when I was looking <laughs> at the old map and going, oh, those were two things. Yeah. Canyon of Dark Souls. This is interesting because in the daylight, it looks like crap. I mean, it looks like because because it looks like what it is, which is, is literally black fabric walled area in that what was used to be the world expo for back to the future, but now the Simpsons courtyard and with a couple of big silver skulls at the entrances. And yep. if that, and, and that's all you see at the day at night though, completely different because that black fabric background is a oh, palette yeah. for where they did a lot of fun shit with lights, pump the fog up and had the characters mostly in black. They were like these, it was a skull themed, uh, it was Lost Souls, but the the, the, the characters were kind of skull themed. They had hoods. They had lights in the hoods that lit up their skulls, which yeah. was really freaking cool. And, and then they they did have the the skeleton painted onto them under the robes, but you could only see it because the robes were very thick and voluminous and they swished around <laughs> they a lot. Moved, right? Yeah, yeah. If they moved around a lot, yeah. It was it was the making that black section in a area that is pretty decently lit now of course you can control the lights lighting of that area as yeah. well but have enough lights for it to be safe yet play with the lights inside that completely black area with the black walls and the black characters it was really awesome at night not so and, much in the daylight yeah and <laughs> they actually had uh stilt walkers characters in yeah, this section at the same in the same motif too which is yeah. a, i actually kind of like when a I don't want this for every scare zone, but I do like when there's a scare zone where everybody looks like they're part of the same, whatever it's supposed to be. Some yeah. are just still walkers. Some are, you know, like a major version of it. Some are a minor version. I do like a, that consistent look in a scare zone every once in a while. I don't want it in every one. I like the variety, but now and again, it works in a certain scare zone. And this is one that worked for it because those are the things that you're visually seeing along with the lights and the fog they're playing with. And I actually really like that. It's, 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 kind of a, a minimalist idea but still managed to spread it out over a couple different identifiable characters once you really took the zone in and it, and it especially works in the smaller scare zones it does yes yeah and and, and I, I i remember one of the and the only reason that i imprinted so well for me is that i remember one of the stilt walker stilt walker characters absolutely scaring the living bejesus out of me because i did not expect like this i didn't expect stilt walkers oh period. right like, okay like i i had no idea that stilt walkers was a thing right and so i'm like looking and and i'm looking back and forth and it's like yeah it's really dark and black and it's it's yo there's a guy okay but he scared somebody else and it's like really dark and black and i'm i'm looking around and i'm looking about knee height of a uh stilt walker right and I looked over and I assumed it was just more of the black canopy stuff until he bends over and gets in my face with the scythe. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. It's just <laughs> like, I just jumped out of my skin. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, well done. Yep. Well, well done. Yeah. The, the, it, it was one of those places where the camouflage was everything. Exactly. It was all yep. about the camouflage. And they came swirling out of that mist and, and darkness. And it was just, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then like you said, that led from the direction we were going. That led right into Grown Evil, mm -hmm. which is probably well, you could go either direction, but I think that's probably the better order to go. Especially, I, I think what Grown Evil is because that's the Central Park area that we yeah. always really enjoy. 
Uh, that's where it has, you know, the, the the trees and where they decorate the trees. I don't recall what they had. They probably ha- they always have some kind of lights in the trees. I don't recall what it was specifically. I do know mm. it was. Um, I, I believe if I remember right, it was uh, paper lanterns that were, okay. that were spherically almost pumpkin shaped. I think mm. that the the look they were going for was a pumpkin shaped paper lantern. Yeah, I, I got so. what you're saying. It could be. Yeah, I do know though. That the theme for the characters were, were, it was supposed to be, and it is, it's mutated forest animals. It was yeah. primarily winged animals, like birds, uh. owls. And the one I remember most were the bats, because they had a lot of mutated bats in this scare zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing I remember most about the mutated bats was that these were the biggest mass I think I have ever seen in Halloween Horror Nights. Even yeah, even to this day, deep. they are so big. The head, I'm talking the head alone. Of course, the ears on top of it make them wide, but the, these things were so big. They had to be so hot inside. I can't even imagine what they oh felt like. Oh, my God, yeah. Especially in that, that humidity, like, oh, yeah. But they looked cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fantastic really sculpts, cool. of course, as always. The And they, they always, uh, not always, but the ones that were bats had the... Almost, I don't know what fabric it is. It always seems like, like a the 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 winged skin. We've seen bat characters after this as well. It always seems almost like a, a winged. I mean, the skin of a bat wing. It's almost like a like a pleather or a rubber. I'm not sure what they make it out of, but it always looks really know. good because it flows yeah. like when you when you see a bat fly, bat not. I shouldn't say flying. When you see a bat at rest and stick its arms out and they're they're before they're taut and they're 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 swinging, they kind of have that looseness to them. And these all these yeah. had that as well. Yep. Yeah. No. It, the the costuming in that one was was fun. And like you said, since then the, the the Central Park area has grown on me as one of my favorite areas for a scare zone. I didn't realize that it would at the time, but I right. just haven't. I you know I just come out of jumping out of my skin because some dude, um, some. St- some Stiltwalker dude <laughs> introduced me to Stiltwalker's characters. And, and so, yeah, go, going through that was just like, oh, okay, what the, oh, that's fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. And this, I, I just looking at the list we have yet to do tonight, this again, as it historically is, is probably the most Halloween ish scare zone of the year. Definitely. Having the animals, Definitely especially the birds, owls, and, bats i mean definitely black crows where it was the bird and then the yep. bats those two right then and there so and the owls hooting i think I, I associate more of the sound but still that's an owl so this is definitely the halloween scare zone hands down i, I don't even really need to argue against any of the other ones honestly yeah yep uh, it was fun i uh, again i don't remember as much of it because but at this point i was at this point, well, we've already done three mazes, four mazes maybe at this point, and I was kind of in sensory overload. <laughs> you were, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and that's why I don't remember. Even even um, uh, the Canyon of Dark Souls, I only remember Canyon of Dark Souls because that was the first time I saw a character on stilts. And and then, you know, looking at Grown Evil, like, I vaguely remember the bats and stuff, but I, I, was, on, I was at super sensory overload. As far as the rest of the design of the scare zone, since since Grown Evil was just the black walls, this did have, again, and Central Park seems to have this every year, did have the different stations that kind of went with the characters, and they were big enough for them to hide behind. Mm-hmm. little difficult as the night goes on, because so many people flow, flow through, but you got like your, your boxes and your hay bales, and they have a couple actual crow props for the, you know, the giant crow, and then you have kind of a rock 
sculpturist thing that indicates a cave for the bat area, and then the I think the owls are more centered towards where the trees kind of were more condensed. So again, it's yep. it's it's it it is the formula for the scare zone, but I mean it's there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion because of the Halloween scare zone. So you can kind of picture if you've been to Halloween Horror Nights, you get the idea of the layout. I think pretty easily. Yep, and then uh, let's see. I think we went through seven next. Yes, I, I'm pretty sure we went through scare zone number two, which is well, seven. Yeah, I know we went uh, to seven twice because of what its nature was. So we probably ran yes. through that and then shot up the other uh, towards the houses and then came back to seven because we could hit it on the way out. So you're probably right. Yeah, because I remember going through uh, the I remember going through night maze from the the main central street towards the lagoon. Actually, yeah, we probably yeah. Actually, I think you know what because I always remember night. Night maze being towards the end, we probably went through night maze to get back to seven. Yep. Which we'll talk about. But let's let's talk about seven. Well, actually, we could talk about our two trips through seven. Seven, this yeah. is in the, the Hollywood Boulevard area. These were stages. And it's kind mm-hmm. of what I always uh, I've referred to in the past as like the photo op yeah, scare it's- zone. It's selfie what, scare zone, yeah. what we call now, but back then selfies weren't quite the thing <laughs> they are now. Yeah, this is where the uh, icon, the HHN icons were in 25. It's where the face-off stages were the year or two before that. This is another one of those, but this this had a theme. It was Seven Deadly Sins, so it was seven yeah. stages. Pride, Lust, Wraith, Envy, Sloth, Gluttony, and Greed, and all of them were women, and each of them were... Uh, were dressed according to that sin, sort of, kind of. There's a little loose interpretation here and there for it. Yes, because well, you know, yeah, they they were they were very sexy. Yes, yes. So, but what was more kind of identifying the seven deadly sins were the accompanying characters around there. They had right. yes, they had the, the greed characters had their mouths were stuffed with money. They had the the wraith, which were the ones that were coming to kill you. You had the the gluttony, which was I think they just had like a complete. They were had big bodysuits and a mess down their shirts. Like I don't mean a little yeah. mess. I mean like a big one. So was, the seven deadly sins were more directly interpreted to the company's characters. I mean, you had some with the with the 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 seven of the seven characters, but it was I right. think that was translated more down to their characters. But what was the, the the catch about this, or the the, the gimmick to this was, is that there was three phases. Now the first phase of these of the women, completely pristine, nice dresses, makeup to the nines, everything was absolutely flawless. Second phase, now you start to get a little bit of the dresses kind of worn, makeup not so great. A little bit of uh, been through the ringer a little bit. The sins are starting to catch up with them. I think is the idea here. Third phase. Yep. I don't think we saw second, but I think we saw third. Third phase. They were transformed into like the demonic minions of Lady Luck. So they were yeah. no, they were still in their nice dresses, but they were ripped, torn, covered with blood, and then they were completely like they were they were monsters as well. They're they were the. They were demons. They were their sins. Yes. Yeah, they, were yep. their, they represented their sins in demon form. So technically, not technically, there were 21 stage characters in this scare zone. Not something yes. we see too much anymore. No, no. It's, it's, it, was, it was really, really cool because we, when we went back, we were, I think we were headed back just to, you 
you know, catch a glimpse of the hotties on the way out. And, <laughs> and we're like, like, whoa, what the, fuck, <laughs> what the hell just happened here? Um, which was kind of, which was amazing. Like, it's like, uh, yeah, they, they did a great job with it. And then, well, no, we would have came through there and then gone up and then the houses we had walked past at this time. But then we wanted to, as we said, we wanted to go back and look at them and uh, go back and look at the characters. And we wanted to hit the final scare zone, which was Night Maze. Yep. Now, this one, first time through, I enjoyed because it's in that, like, uh, I guess it's Shrek Alley now. So it's called to going towards Transformers. Yes. I think yeah, so. It's sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty. I think that's it. I think that's correct. And but the thing was, there was a bunch of chain link fences that were covered in uh, again black fabric, and there was characters that were in just black hoods and black blacked out masks. Which yep. so no, like it was just they were just basically going for a shadows yep. that were jumping out at you from these fences, and then they pumped the shit out of it with smoke, and then right. they would move the fences. Right. As oh, you yeah. Walk no, the fences moved every every couple of minutes or well, hours or whatever. They were constantly. These characters were constantly moving. Oh yeah. So they yeah, like yeah, yeah, they right. like they'd walk towards you, scare you, grab a fence, move it, go to the next guy, scare him, grab a fence, yeah. move it. It was yeah, constantly yeah. moving. This yeah. was neat because it was an ever ever char- uh, changing scare zone. It's neat the first time you see it. When you forget it's there and you're trying to get the point A from point B after already having seen it, it's really annoying. <laughs> It, yes, that's true. But I mean, I they did get a good jump scare on me yeah. on my way through it the first time. And then you're right. Yeah. Then it was just like, oh, come on. I want to get from here to there. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Like, get out of my way. And yeah, it's it's but simple. It's it, fun. But it's also a one time thing, in my opinion. Yeah. But I mean, um, I, I, I saw a lot of people getting jump scared in that zone just because the way they were doing things like. You couldn't really tell where you were going. They darkened that area a lot. You could kind of tell where the walls were, and you really couldn't tell where any of the characters were, and they were jumping at you like crazy. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Like I said, fun. The first time I experienced it. When I went back later, yeah. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Stop moving my fences <laughs> in my <laughs> Well, just go around. <laughs> yep. All right. That covers the scare zones for us. That does. And I have to say, um, you know, as a first timer, probably uh, two or th- three of the of these scare zones really, really left an imprint on me. Um, mostly acid assault, obviously, you know, being introduced that way. Canyon of Dark Souls with the the, the whole fact that I didn't realize that a stilt walker was a thing, and then uh, uh, nightmares just for the jump scare um, was pretty cool. Great introduction to Halloween Horror Nights when you can get that many cool things, and especially one that's like right up your alley. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a great way to really be introduced to the event and and see things for the first time. Yep, yeah, that was it was the I couldn't think of a better start for someone that I wasn't sure how they were going to like it and then ends up being a huge fan of it because it was such a slow burn getting to what was possibly the best thing to introduce you to. And I didn't plan it. I just was like, this is, this I know is, this like, is my past. So I'm just, you know, let me, I'll just take you yeah. what I do and we'll see if you like it. And lo and behold, I, I couldn't have planned it any better. Right. Exactly. 
Um, I mean, I think Acid Assault would still have had that effect on me, no matter if we'd have like gone through uh, seven first and then, you know, kind of done the reverse path that we kind of normally do now. Um, I still think Acid Assault would have had a good effect on me, but it wouldn't have been that smack in the face of like, welcome to hell. Tour guide. <laughs> right. So, all right, that's it for the scare zones. We still got two shows to discuss this episode. We do. So in regards to the shows, we actually kind of left out a part of the story of our path around. We left out several parts of the story because we left out all the houses. Yeah. We also left out the story of where we happen to catch death drums just as it was rolling out into the street. So again, another thing that we didn't necessarily have to wait too long for. Oh, and it was completely accidental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're just... I, I- I, I don't know that we had any idea that it was going to be happening. It just kind of rolled out onto the street and we're like, huh, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah we're, we're walking along. We get to, uh, you know, the, the area, the esoteric gate where over by Hollywood makeup. We're just like, oh, something's rolling out of that big gate. I don't remember there being a parade listed on this. And at, at first glance, it, when you see death drums, you kind of wonder what the heck is coming out. Cause it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, all right, let's talk about it. Might as well just tell the story and see what we got, had coming out. So death drums was a musical show that had come out of the esoteric gate. The, the, that's a gate where all the parades start. If you've been to Mardi Gras, it's where that starts is where the super, the, oh, what's it called? The all-star parade starts. All the parades come out of that gate. It would come out and it would wheel just towards the stage where Academy of Villains has been for the past two years, where the, the Carnage Return stage was. That's that's the bigger highlight mm-hmm. from my memory. And it would kind of park there in the street. And what it was was two fairly Well no, it kept move it kept moving down the lagoon aways from that. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it was it kind of was like a roll it may have done like a little bit of a circle in that area, no, but I'm pretty it was sure on it the other there. No, it was on the other side of the Transformers building. Was it really? Yeah. I don't remember traveling that much, but okay. Well, it had the means to, so that's for sure. But whatever it was, we saw it come out, and we you know, were kind of following it to see where it was until it stopped. The heck was going on, yeah. And what it was was two pretty sizable stages with what I I would say is close to like, it was three levels, but it wasn't quite three stories. It's kind of like a two, two and a half story structure of scaffolding with drums yeah. all over it. Yeah, there was like, there's like six or seven drummers in it. Yep. And there was there was drums all around them. It wasn't just like a drum set. It was like there was one guy that was on like a, a set of like a half dozen tom drums, and there was a guy who was on a half in a half dozen set of different size snare drums, and they all had cymbals between them. And other guys had the big bass drums with the mallets. It was just it was drums. I mean, it was named death drums, so it was drums. And there were speakers hanging from the top of the, of the scaffolding. And then once they got lined up. There you had your skinny clad dancers with these. I remember having these light staffs. Yes. I, I don't know what else to call them, but because I think it's what they were. It looked like they were holding very long, you know, fluorescent tubes, but they were obviously not because the way they were slamming them on the ground with a shadow. Yeah. But these very long uh, tubes. Now, the, the staffs that they had, they were mostly dancers or even to a degree, I think, like min- there's minor acrobatics in it, but they would also hit the ground at certain beats of the song, too. So they were kind of percussion performers as well yep and, and they i mean they they got out the um basically the trash can lids and were had drumsticks that they were hitting the trash can lids with too. Oh, yeah i forgot it. yeah they did so yeah. what the show was it was they were taking sets of songs of popular songs and they were just 
putting these intense drum beats along with them. So it wasn't original music. It was pop music or classic music, depending on what show you saw. Turns out there was three shows. I didn't know that when we left that. I think we saw the classic rock one, which is why we really, yeah. really liked that that show. Right. So, But with these big scaffolding drums and these intense drum, drum beats behind, behind the song. Short, you know... Could it have Seriously. been 20 minutes at that? I mean, by the time the thing stopped no, and they started? No, no, they, they were 10 minutes at a time. 10, 10, oh. Yeah, 10 minutes max, 15 by the time they rolled out and they got the traffic flowing away. A yeah, because nice I, I, I watched a video on it uh, oh, nice. Okay. Before, before doing this because I, I kind of wanted to refresh my memory. And I the video I watched was not the version we watched. This was version one before they actually had the light sticks and stuff. Okay. But I just kind of wanted to, to, to get an idea of, and remember what what it was and uh, yeah it was 10 minutes it yeah. was it was short sweet to the point uh 10 minutes of of some good classic rock music and you know some some cute dancers and yeah. and actually some really talented drummers yeah nice little surprise as we're walking i kind of remember sitting there sipping beers the whole time so nice little thing to sit there enjoy our beers be entertained by the time they were done yeah. we were done our beers and we just started walking again yeah it's um i know it gets a ton of shit for blocking paths. I don't think it gets oh. shit for the show it is. It gets a ton of shit for blocking paths, which I can't argue that it does, but it's like, I mean. It's 10 minutes. Come yeah, on. Right, yeah. yeah. It's a, and, and pretty no. much at the part of the park that it's in, in that 10 minutes, you can take an alternate route and not oh, have yeah. wasted too much time. I will say, yes, you've burned some minutes and that's the way it goes. But, you know, it was a nice, it was also a nice thing to occupy a decent sized crowd from the attractions that are around it and may help the lines to where you're going. So there's a positive spin on just, there. I was going to say, why not take 10 minutes, soak up some tunes, finish your beer and, and enjoy the music like yeah. straight up. I, and when, when I say they were cute dancers, they were cute guys and yeah, cute right. girls. Yeah. It wasn't, this was not a unisex thing. This was like, you know, um, I, assuming that the guys were just as hot as the girls but it was fun i do remember there being like one of those 80s uh it was almost like an anti-love song i think i think it was you give love a bad name by bon jovi and it was like it was almost like a, it was a dance fight between the guys and the girls yeah, to the story yeah, yeah. it was a good it was it was a fun show i liked it I, so you know i watched it again today just because i I know that I was watching this through sensory overload of my yeah, first time true, at yeah. Hollywood Horror Nights, right? So, and I was like, well, you know, I, I give a lot of the dance shows right now a lot of crap. And maybe maybe this was just seeing this through through those those sensory overloaded eyes. And I took a watch at it. And it's like, no, no, this was just kind of, and I think the reason that I liked it was that it was 10 minutes. In the span of 10 minutes, they played like five different songs, which was like, you know, two minutes of, of these songs. And they just rolled one into the other. Um, lots of different stuff going on, lots of different eye candy, lots of different distractions, and then it's done and gone, and they're rolling away, and it's like, well, that was fun. Yeah, right, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I think uh, any longer, and I would not have been able to give it as good of a review as that, sure. I, that I, like, and I don't think it would have stuck in my head as a, as a fun thing that just kind of popped up in the middle of the street, did their thing, put their thing down and then walked away. Right. Like I could see that, that. was awesome. Yeah. I could see that. I could um, see that. Yeah. I see exactly if, if it were just a little longer and we were, couldn't move, it'd be, that would be past the point of it's uh, outstaying. It's welcome. You're right. 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 And so I think that's why that worked so well for me where, uh, like Academy of villains and, um, 
Jabberwockies and those guys where, <laughs> you know, I appreciate what they can do. Right. I appreciate their art. But that's not the thing. I just, it, it doesn't follow for me in Halloween Horror Nights where this, the costumes were also really cool. The masks they were wearing with the big tongues and things like that were pretty cool. Um, I, I had a good time with this one. Not very long. Right. So last show of this event, and I think we may have actually seen this before death drums, but it was Bill and Ted. And I, this is weird because it's your first Bill and Ted. You developed a fandom for the show after that. I actually was watching this kind of just shaking my head going, Oh, I felt so bad. I'm making you watch this because up to this point for me, this might be the weakest Bill and Ted. I'm not going to say it's bad. It's just not what all the others had been. And I'm like, Oh crap. We just, you know, wasted 40 minutes, me taking you out of the fun stuff and watching this. But I think your reaction was a little different with this being your first. Oh, I had no idea what to expect. So, um, most of the pop culture jokes hit pretty well. And I, I had a good time. A, uh, by the time we got there, um, I had been, I hadn't been through that much of the event, but I kind of needed to take a drink, sit down and kind of reassess, what I was in for for the rest of the night. Yeah. And it was a good interlude for me. Um, any comedic interlude is always a good interlude when you're there. And it was just kind of like a, okay, get off my feet, sit down, have a drink, laugh at some stuff and just kind of like reassess what the hell am I in for, for the rest <laughs> of the night uh, is really what it boiled down to. And I, I had a good time. I thought it was fun. It was, it was. And then of course, you know, having watched some of the others on YouTube and having watched some of the others in this sequence or, or in the, the, the years after, um, probably not their best, no. but not terrible. Yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's such an, uh, which it's actually, it's a weird thing to say. I was going to say it's such an odd story compared to the other ones. And you kind of, you know, want to stretch your wings. You don't want to do the same thing over and over again, but I think it's such a departure from the other ones that it was, I didn't like it as much because the big thing with Bill and Ted is you typically have good pop culture versus bad pop culture. We're talking heroes and villains. This, they decided to make up a villain. Now it's not unusual for them. This isn't the first time they just made up a villain to start everything, but this villain, he was an alien and he was, it was not pulled from pop culture, made up for the show, and he's there to stop Bill and Ted's influence on everything. Uh, and it's not like to stop Bill and Ted, it's to stop their, and that's the key, the influence on everything. Because now you don't have good guys versus bad guys, you have everybody versus this alien. So we don't ever get a story rolling. We kind of just get a 30 minute reference to pop culture, which had its laughs. Don't get me wrong. But to tell the story of Bill and Ted, there really isn't anything to tell. I kind of just told you what it was, but I can tell you some of the highlights in this. And you yeah, can probably elaborate as well. I don't think I can. I, I'm okay. pretty sure that, that it's it's kind of a blank in my mind. I've watched it again, but it's it's it did uh, like I said, it was a very necessary reset for my brain time. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's the highlights, and you're you're gonna remember some of these. Now, first was, and this is probably this is probably the, what you forget the most because you're not watching Bill and Ted to see what they're gonna do for this. The warning speech, the warning speech. This is probably the most highbrow Bill and Ted warning speech they ever had because it was King George from the King's speech. 
Right. Yeah, so that's a little, that's like, that's a, that's a bit different than, uh, I think it was the following year or soon after Dwight, Dwight Schrute from the office coming out with a clipboard. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. are really different, different way angles at this. So now when the King's speech, the, the King's, the King George starts and he can't get through it, they actually make fun of the stuttering part. <laughs> they don't go past him learning because now they, they knock out the highbrow and they go with Leslie Chow from the hangover coming out screaming <laughs> as this character is angry part of his character in the hangover does to do the warning. So you go from highbrow to the hangover. Okay. Now, yeah. now, now we're, now the scales are, the scales are balanced. So for the character, Bill and Ted, they of course show up in their time machine. The alien tells them pretty much what I told you to start this thing. Now we just start getting, pop culture characters popping in and out and we we do a couple team ups first we get the girls from super punch which i think was oh, a very right. obscure gamble i think they thought that was going to be remembered a lot more than it was by the time halloween Horror nights came around don't yeah, get me wrong the- i liked seeing them but it's like yeah. i had to think for a minute i'm like oh oh that movie that, that is yeah now, oh, they, yeah, they did that. Here's a here's a fun team up. This this is uh, I, for no other reason that it existed. They had the car from the Green Hornet show up. This is the Seth Rogen Green Hornet. Now remember oh, that was a thing. Oh, oh, oh. Him and the Smurfs. The first Smurfs movie came out, so him and Papa Smurf roll out of the car, the fog smoke filled car. Because we're talking, it's Green Hornet car and character, but it's like Pineapple Express Seth Rogen. Yeah. So yeah, they're both yeah. high as a kite. Yeah. And eventually Smurf at shows up and it's not the you know short rounded smurfette from the cartoon of course it's a more tall thin shapely smurfette as a you know for, a little bit of body paint yeah exactly so you know Actually, a lot of, let me let me rephrase that there was a lot of body paint yeah. there wasn't a lot of clothing so they need a lot, a lot of body, of body paint. paint so they had yes exactly could do all the all the yes all the typical bill and ted jokes you have with a character like that this was okay. This character probably made me laugh, and it was for the visuals. El Capitan Mexico instead of Captain America, because <laughs> yeah. it was a Captain America outfit, but everywhere that was blue was green, so there is green, red, and white. I actually like that, and I like the actor that played him because he was really jumping headfirst into that role. He was, and the best yeah. visual of that is that he had the Captain America shield, except it was, instead of the blue, it was the green in it. And every time he'd say "El Capitan Mexicano," he'd spin it like a spinner on a hubcap. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, so that at one point, Dad. Barack Obama character come out and as he was talking and talking about tracking down threats to the country, terrorists and everything and whatnot, you had this really weird moment where lights would go down. You had Osama bin Laden run from left to right in a spotlight going, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. (laughs) Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a weird, I I mean, it wasn't a weird thing because it was topical. This is the year Osama bin Laden had gotten taken out by Barack Obama's seal six team. But Having the lights go down and have him run by, not once, but like two or three times, this <laughs> happened until finally, on it was three, because he had to go left to right, right to left, left to right again, and when he went like, to right, he went to the building that always yeah. explodes. That's yep. where they finally got him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, that, that brings back the memories now. And then that was kind of the lead into the finale where the the rest of the characters have enough of the alien and I don't even remember if the alien gets like drummed out of town or changes his mind. 
it ends. It just kind of ends. I can't even tell you how it ends, but it ends with a music number, of course. And the other thing I'll remember from this is that they had a the 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 tribute. There's when when appropriate, they do kind of have like a tribute moment to an artist that passed away, and they did Intergalactic with the Beastie Boys because Adam Young yeah. had died earlier that year. I remember that. But, but yeah. by and large, this is an incredibly forgettable Bill and Ted. Yeah, it was. Um uh when i went the next year i was actually really surprised that there was a whole story running through the show yes that's why i was like that's because that's what i was used to and i'm and i'm was kind of by now i know you're in a halloween horror night so i'm like okay you know let's go see bill and ted and here's why and then we watch it i'm like oh shit well i finally oversold something instead of the underselling i did all night it was vignettes of comedy and it was vignettes of, of pop culture slamming and i I didn't know any better. And like I said, I was suffering severe uh, sensory overload. So I, I, you know, it wasn't a negative thing for me. I came out of there. I'd gotten a good chuck, couple of good chuckles. I'd gotten a couple of good laughs, lots of hot dancers as <laughs> usual for Bill and Ted. And I was like, oh, all right, that's pretty cool. I, uh, not quite what you boned it up to be, right. but it, it was still pretty cool. But then and, following uh, years of showing you more of what I was expecting you to see that night. Yeah, yeah, but again, like you know, by the time I walked out of uh, HHN twenty one, um, I had only like basically two things running through my brain, which was one, which was like the fuck, and the second one was just like, why is this the first time you've shown me this in all <laughs> right. the years that I've known you? Yeah, uh, and I walked out <laughs> saying, "What the hell took me so long to buy an express pass?" <laughs> Which we'll actually talk uh, more about that in our, in our next, next episode. episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this this episode obviously doesn't doesn't touch on the Express Pass because that doesn't help you for anything in um, the scare zones. It helps you a little bit in Bill and well, it used to help you a little bit in Bill and Ted because you would get into a different lineup, but not mm-hmm. really. Um, helps you nothing with death drums because it's just they dropped <laughs> right, in the middle yeah. and just uh, like they threw their thing down. So. Yeah, I, we really haven't gotten into anything where the the earlier part of the story we were telling where we stopped and got express passes really comes into play. Yeah, but it will um, next episode for sure. It will. I guess, the, you know, the really the, the takeaway for me was just this. This was just an amazing event that that based on my expectations, completely blew it out of the water and just made me fall in love with something. And it changed it changed my life in the fact that I used to go to Orlando in December and now I only <laughs> go in, in, you know, in October usually. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it was one of those things where it actually changed three of our lives because it was like, we had this thing where every year we would go celebrate, you know, Christmas, Dave and, and Matt's birthdays in early December, mid December. That was what we did every year. And this literally this night changed that. And it's, I mean, it's changed it on this end as well. I mean, I had been going for many, many, many years before that, but I typically would, would I started out as I told the story going with my wife and I was going by myself and going with a, a few friends here and there now and again, rarely the same people twice on multiple nights. And then we, after you went in 21, we found ourselves talking about Halloween hard nights often, especially when the the announcements that start coming out mm-hmm. and we finally got to the point where it's like, you know, we, we've been looking and then uh, we told this story before, but I'll tell it again, since it relates to this, this one, we've been looking for a show for us to do together. That was somehow theme park related. We realized we were always, always at least had one Halloween Horror Nights conversation. When we were together. 
why not do a Halloween Horror Nights podcast? And we did. We started that three years ago. And since then, I've met uh, an uncountable amount of people through the show that have the same passion we do for it. And I get to enjoy the event, not only with you every year, but with a lot of other people every year, which just makes it more fun each and every year. So it's changed the way I go to Halloween Horror Nights as well by taking you that one night and then leading up to where we are now. And, and, and of course, you know, in the, in the ensuing years, Karen came on board. Yep. She, uh, she came, went to 25 before I got to pitch <laughs> no, before, before I got to. Yeah. And, uh, and that became a thing. So we brought her on and Shelby has been an, a great addition to our podcast. Yep. And even, um, Johnny, Johnny from, now, from yep. Hot Nights, yep. uh, has been, has been a great addition to a lot of our reaction episodes and things like that. And he's been, he does a lot of the hunt stuff. So oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, it's even for me being completely on the other side of the country, I'm meeting so many new people. I'm, you know, with common interests and following a lot of people on Twitter and I'm trying to successfully trying to just ignore the haters and ignore the negativity and just focus on the people that are having fun with the event and looking forward to the events. And mm-hmm. it's, if you can do that, it's a great community. If yeah. you can't do that, then then I wouldn't suggest really <laughs> investing because right. there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity that can go on. I just ignore the negativity and focus on what I enjoy. Yeah, and and enjoying the event and enjoy talking about the event has led from our original 25 episode run planned run, which is what we planned. We had notes for 25 episodes between us. By the time we're done 21, our coverage is 21, that third episode will be our 100th episode <laughs> four years later. Uh, so uh, so four seasons, tw- at least 25 episodes a season, that's more than some TV shows. That's way more than an HBO TV show. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And, and, yes. And it's been, it's also been fun. Uh, we, we always wear Neozaz or Catacombs um, shirts to the event and I can't think of an event since we started doing the show where we haven't at least talked to a couple of listeners here and there. Um, and it's always fun to meet listeners at yep. the events and just cause, cause they're just as into the, the, the event as we are. They're there for the exact same reason we are. And it just always turns into just like having a good time with, with a bunch of people that I didn't know before. And now I do. Exactly. Yep. So that is part one, I think, because we could still keep talking, but we have two other episodes to do it in. Exactly. Yep. All right. Uh, so the other two episodes, hopefully Karen then can join us. And then yep. Shelby is hopefully joining us for the lady luck episode. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if not. She'll at least be back for some of the instant reactions and news <laughs> as we go forward. And you're going to hear a lot more from Johnny as well. Once we get into the season. So we've got it. We yeah, from just that. This is funny. Here we go. Starting the season prepper with just you and I, but our family's grown <laughs> a lot oh, since yeah. you and I started this. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like, it's, it's not only, you know, I'm, I'm happy when you know, like you usually tell me about stuff that's going on, but every once in a while, like I'll get a catacombs pop up on my feet and it's like, I didn't record anything recently. Oh, this is what he <laughs> did with Johnny. This is yeah. cool. And you know, and I finally get to listen to stuff on our show without me, which is fun. It's, it's, <laughs> it's probably much better. All right. Well, let's wrap it up on that note. Cause we will be back with the houses, which is probably going to be an even longer conversation because as much as you were blown away by the scare zones your first house has left i would say (laughs) a mark it's mark on you for (laughs) the rest of your life yes (laughs) pretty much yes 
So, all right, until then, check us out on our social media pages. We'll post uh, some pictures, share some old videos from YouTube and whatnot that go along with this. We are Neo Zaz Podcast on Facebook and Neo Zaz on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, we'll be we'll be at least back with our houses episode, but we're starting to be in that time of year where we could get an instant reaction feed now and then. So if there is one, we'll be back with that as well. Whichever comes first, we will be back. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.